Hello and welcome to The Connection, a new podcast from Connect Global. I'm Javier Mendoza, co-founder and vice president. We are excited to be using this platform to be more connected to you. The Connection can be broken down into three sections. The Founders Corner, an ongoing conversation between the co-founders of Connect Global. Global Neighborhood, a mix of interviews from around the world, including some of our friends and partners. And Life Talks place to hear the most recent talks we've given on the gospel, missions, and our place in the Great Commission. Our sincere hope is that you would favorite, bookmark, or subscribe to our podcast and for you to come back often for all the interviews, conversations, and to join the discussion. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to Founders Corner, an ongoing conversation between the founders of Connect Global. My name is Javier Mendoza, co-founder and vice president. I'm here with Travis Moffitt, co-founder and president. Travis, how are you today? Javier, I'm doing fantastic. The weather's great. The new year has started uh, outstanding. We're getting ready for the full calendar for Connect Global of 2018. Things could not be better. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm definitely excited about this year. I know January seems to have gone very quickly, I think, for most people. Um, But that's a good thing because uh, that usually means that we're being uh, very productive and that things are going on and things are happening. So I'm uh, excited to talk a little bit about what we at Connect Global have happening this year and what we've got going on in way of mission trips. Uh, A large part of our ministry and the organization of Connect Global is mission trips, short-term teams that we take on mission to uh, places around the world. Right now we are focused, of course, in La Ceiba, Honduras, so we've got a lot of trips planned for this year coming up. Uh, So Travis, why don't you tell us a little bit about the very first trip that we have going to La Ceiba uh, and the dates and a little bit more about what we're doing there. Absolutely, Javier. Like you said, we've got several trips planned for this year in La Ceiba, Honduras. The first one is actually coming up pretty quick, and it's going to be in April. We will leave the United States April the 25th and return on May the 2nd. Uh, We'll spend a whole week there in the city of La Ceiba, Honduras. We've got a lot of different outreach projects scheduled for that trip. We've got team members from a couple of different states already who've expressed interest and signed up for the trip. Uh, we've got you know team members from Texas, team members from Florida coming together. And that's one of the things that we love is that so many of our team members come from multiple locations, multiple geographies within the United States, and we'll focus our efforts right in a lot of community outreach right here in the city of La Ceiba. We're going to be working on the maternity home. By that point in time, we will have broken ground. We'll be well under construction on that project. I know a lot of our listeners have heard us talking about that and are very interested tracking along with that story. We're going to be visiting the schools where we have children uh, sponsored for their educational costs and things like that. We sponsor several children in two different schools, and so we should be able to visit both of those locations and visit with a lot of those kids. We'll be doing some community outreach projects. Um, there are several children's homes in the city that we'll be able to visit. And one of the things that we're very excited about is it looks like we'll have an opportunity to go back and work with the local police department as far as doing some first aid training and kind of first responder training with the local police there in the city. And I'm so excited about that. God has given us such great favor with the leaders of the local police 
and that allows us really to come in and share some valuable life-saving information with them. Yeah, that's awesome, Travis. I know that we've got, of course, several trips this year, but this is um, good to kind of expand on this first trip in April um, because there are <clears throat> quite a few things that we are going to be able to accomplish uh, this year. Um, one of the things that I'm most excited about, of course, we know that the maternity home has been underway, that we've been fundraising for that uh, for a little bit over uh, a year, a calendar year. And one of the cool things about that is that, of course, since the construction uh, is kind of getting uh, underway, we're going to start that very soon. Uh, we've had a lot of the uh, documentation and a lot of the things approved, so we're getting uh, closer to that. But one of the cool things that I think maybe many people don't know is that we're also working on a strategy for the actual ministry that will be going on in that maternity home. So what does it look like to actually complete ministry to these new moms and to these uh, newborns and make sure that they understand the purpose of the maternity home, which is to obviously show love and to serve these moms and these newborns and make sure that they understand that the very first uh, sort of touch point of who Christ is and why Christ uh, still cares about this world and 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 Laseba specifically is to make sure that our team and our volunteers and the people who are in contact with these moms and these newborns uh, convey that convey exactly why it is that we're doing what we do convey exactly who it is that loves them uh, so much that they would come to their neighborhood come to their community and come to their country and make sure that they have all of their uh, first necessities for their newborns the moment that they uh, come into this world and so to me I think it's really exciting to be able to share that ministry opportunity with our team who is coming to make sure that the team gets input on that they get to be a part of that and so as we serve those moms and as we bring gifts and bring uh, those necessities those things that people that moms need on the very first day of giving birth they're going to get that uh, through this team. So it's going to be a really great outreach, I think, for that uh, and making sure that they understand that the reason we're doing that is because Jesus Christ has sent us to them to share the love and to share his uh, purpose with them as well. So we really appreciate that. And the other thing that you mentioned, I think, is the police station. So we want to talk a little bit more about the uh, service to the police officers there. We're not only serving the first responders and the police officers, but we also want to engage with their families because as we know that uh, here in the United States, of course, we're, we're familiar with first responders get sometimes the hardest job uh, that there is. They are the ones that are running towards tragedy, uh, running towards, uh, you know, the bad guys, so to speak, uh, and they are the ones protecting us as we are, um, you know, whether it be a fire or under siege or under attack by criminals, they're the ones that actually go towards the uh, fray. And so we want to not only serve them, equip them with more training, uh, C CPR training and medic training that they have asked us for, but we also want to engage with the families on this next trip. So Travis, maybe you can tell a little bit more about the service and the outreach that we are going to be doing for the local police department on this trip in April. Yeah, absolutely. You, you mentioned kind of two main things there, Javier, uh, the first aid training for the officers themselves and then also the care for their families. So let's kind of unpack that just a little bit. As you mentioned here in the United States, first responders, police officers, paramedics, firefighters, you know, are the ones who are running towards a tragic situation. And 
you know, in some cities or some parts of our country, there's there's controversy over that. There's controversy over how, uh, especially police and law enforcement, things like that, have con- have conducted uh, themselves on occasion. We're sensitive to that. We recognize that. But like you said, by and large, these are the people who have sort of signed up career-wise to put themselves in harm's way. I mean, these are the people you want to see if you have a car accident, uh, you know, if you have a life-threatening situation. Usually, you want to see some first responder coming to help you. Um, a lot of cities have initiatives like Back the Blue, where we're going to get behind the police, or we're going to get behind the, the, the firefighters and the EMTs and, and try to encourage them. In Honduras, uh, just so our listeners kind of understand, I wanted to give the context that there's a little bit less of that. Culturally, you don't always see a lot of the community saying, hey, we're, we're behind or we believe in our police officers. We believe in, in what they're doing. Um, there's, there's just conflict over that. And uh, so we had a couple of years ago, just a, by chance, uh, well, we say by chance, but you know, really we believe that God sort of orchestrates some of these relationships and a lot of these relationships. But we had opportunity to meet a man who is one of the senior leaders for the police in La Ceiba and really that whole department of Honduras. And through that relationship, we've been able to offer some care in the past. As we've continued that conversation, what we have learned is that many of the officers, as they are being brought into their work uh, for the police, their amount of training in first responder or emergency trauma care, both for fellow officers or for citizens that they encounter, is pretty much non-existent. They get very, very little training in things like CPR or um, tourniquets or uh, wound care, things like that for an emergency situation. If they can, if they have an injured person, whether it's a fellow officer or a citizen, if they can get them to the hospital, fantastic. But some of the hospitals are, you know, a long way away. If you're in the city, hey, maybe there's a hospital or a clinic, something nearby. But there's a lot of residents that are in more rural areas outside of the city that these police still have to patrol. They still have to cover. They still have to be able to provide uh, protection and care and things like that. And so they themselves are oftentimes put in difficult, dangerous situations with a limited amount of training. So we have been asked uh, to try to provide some materials. In fact, you can see right on our website, there's some uh, sponsored actual items that you can order through Amazon that are like emergency trauma kits that we want to bring in uh, to these first responders as well. We're working to bring in people from the United States who are first responders who have more advanced trauma care and emergency medical training, bring those people into Honduras to give some training for the officers. That's really going to help them caring for their fellow officers if there's an injury or uh, helping citizens if there's an injury of a citizen in a situation. The second thing that we've learned through this relationship is that the families of these officers uh, oftentimes don't have any other source of care in their own personal life. So let me kind of explain what that means. In the United States, for example, if a uh, first responder uh, is injured or worst case scenario has a loss of life, uh, then oftentimes there are uh, retirement packages or benefits, things like that, that can help the family. Uh, you know, all many of us here in the United States even have 
medical insurance or some sort of personal medical insurance through our job, something like that. Where if we're sick, even with a cold or a flu or something like that, we can get to the hospital. We have some means of access, by and large. In Honduras, those type of things are relatively non-existent. So the police station in La Ceiba has a uh, medical clinic inside the police station. They have a doctor who volunteers, comes to the police station half a day or so, about two or three days out of the week. And for free, this doctor will uh, see any of the family members of any of the police officers. So it gives a way for these family members to be able to come and see a doctor. The challenge is, is he's a volunteer doctor at a sort of makeshift clinic uh, that really doesn't have any medicine. It's really just a doctor who has some knowledge to try to see them and sort of provide some kind of care for them. Let's go back to that worst case scenario. If the officer is injured and can no longer work or worst case has a loss of life situation. And now that family is out the primary income earner, primary caregiver, oftentimes in the home, primary income earner in the house, and then subsequently has no more access to that clinic uh, there within the police station. And now getting any sort of medical care or anything like that for the other family members in simple things like a cold or the flu, then now they're uh, trying to get back into the hospital without even having a family income. And so that kind of, of tension that rests on the families has been brought to our attention. Uh, it's been a sensitive subject for us. It's an area that we really just have a lot of compassion for the type of work that especially these police officers are doing and the way their families support them relationally, uh, but oftentimes being underserved just because of the dynamics there within the culture. So as a part of this effort in April, one of the things that we are in communication with the police department about doing is just having a, a family fun day uh, with those family members, but where we can also maybe bring in some medical personnel from the United States or some of the medical personnel that we are associated with there in Honduras to come together where those family members can come themselves, bring their kids, uh, you know, and see a medical professional, somebody who might be able to help them with, with situations or ongoing situations that they have and just show them some love and support that, hey, there's somebody else here that understands and can sympathize with you in the challenges that your family dynamics go through and you are not alone. We're here to be with you. We're here to walk through this life with you. And you know what's great about that is when you'll stop and take a moment and show somebody that you care about them, oftentimes that opens the door to be able to share the gospel with them. And so we hope this will be an opportunity not only to show the love and the compassion that Jesus has for these people, but to be able to share the gospel with these officers as well as with these family members. So we hope to be able to do both. We're planning on being able to bring training for the officers themselves in some emergency. emergency. We're hoping to be able to bring training for the officers themselves in some emergency medical uh, first responder type trauma care, as well as to bring some care and compassion and love for the family members of these police officers there in La Ceiba. Yeah, and I think it's uh, important to say, Travis, like the uh, like you kind of mentioned in the beginning, you know, obviously police officers as a profession, um, I know some people can relate to here in the United States, um, is not only a hard job because of the physical and the emotional 
uh, stress that the actual job comes with it. But of course, the favorability sometimes and maybe the perception of police officers is not always favorable. And so that to me, I think, is also another big, uh, you know, sort of plus as uh, we get prepared to do this because we get to go and we get to actually spend time with the person who is the police officer and the family whose husband or wife or you know family member is the police officer and I think anytime that you bring humanity back into a profession you know because so many times we just look at professions or politicians or we look at any of uh, you know people as a position instead of as a person I think that's a, a an opportunity for us to get back to okay these people are the people who have like you said chosen this profession to uh, serve the community or to serve you know their neighborhood or to give back in some way or even just to protect and uh, you know provide shelter and, and relief for their community so to me I think it's nice to be able to give back to the person and the people who are these police officers and not just look at it as a department or a position or a job but look at them as a community of people who are in need of selfless love service and uh, you know giving so we just want to be able to be a blessing to them because obviously we have been blessed um, we've even been blessed by uh, you know uh, a group of these police officers over the years that we've been there uh, whether through protection and or just uh, relationship so we obviously want to give that blessing back to them in some tangible way and this is the way that we've chosen to do it this year so we're really excited about that uh, in April Another thing that you mentioned is uh, the children's home and the schools that we are connected to there. So we've got sponsorships going on right now at two different uh, primary schools where we're sponsoring students uh, and scholarshipping them because, of course, in Honduras, another key component that we have been investing in over the years is education. Uh, we believe that education is obviously a huge and powerful uh, you know, step for people to attain their freedom and attain, um, you know, just a better life and give and give back to their community. So we want to invest in education as much as possible and and as often as possible. And so we are investing in two different schools right now to make sure that uh, kids can continue going to school, continue getting their education and their books and all the things that they need that go along with that. So we've got some generous donors here in the United States who have uh, stepped up and chosen to give sometimes on a monthly basis or a, a quarterly basis and they're giving consistently so that we can continue uh, to scholarship and sponsor these kids uh, to make sure that they're going to school and make sure that they stay in school. Another thing that we want to bring up and maybe you can shed a little bit more uh, light on is uh, the children's homes that we've been able to establish a relationship with uh, over the years. We've visited, we've done maintenance projects with them, we've done uh, you know, educational type programs with them. We've done certain sponsorship programs with them. Um, and so maybe you can tell a little bit more about what we have planned this year in April uh, as that comes up. I do know and will say uh, we just received a huge uh, package that we will be shipping out in the next couple of weeks uh, for one of the children's homes uh, there in La Masica, Honduras, about 45 minutes away from La Ceiba. Um, and they have uh, gathered, generously gathered, uh, Easter baskets for each of the girls and each of the children there at the home and so we will be delivering that as soon as possible uh, and hoping that that gets shipped before uh, Easter so we're starting early on that of course but that's just one small gesture one thing that we've done and that 
uh, the community here in the U.S. has done um, because it just shows that they matter. It shows that nobody has forgotten them. It shows that you know even people in Texas or in Florida or a thousand miles away still care about their well-being, care about the joy that they have, care about the love, uh, you know, and sharing that love. So to me, I think it's a, an amazing uh, gesture, an amazing gift when we're able to do something like that. But we also want to be connecting in uh, meaningful and ongoing ways. And so Travis, if you want to talk a little bit about some of the things that we have and some of the vision that we have with our connection there, that would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, Javier, it's one thing to say, well, we're going to a children's home or we're going to an orphanage or we're going to the police station. Uh, but when it becomes personal, when it's about these individual people, uh, you know, it, it really makes a difference. And so it's not only the people there in Honduras, but it's also the people uh, here. It's, it's the partners who are giving in. It's not just uh, a group of people have done this. It's, it's individual people have come together to say we're going to make a difference in another individual or group of individual people's lives you know last year we were at the children's home that you mentioned there in la masica and uh, we were just sitting around the circle that's primarily a girl's home i'm uh, sitting there with my wife and my son and some team members and uh, we're just chatting it up you know and one of the little girls she's probably about five or six years old at the time she starts singing this song in Spanish. It's called No Hay Lugar Más Alto. It means there's no higher place. The song goes on to say, there's no higher place than at the feet of Jesus. And I've heard that song. I love that song. Uh, I listen to it regularly, but I had never heard her sing it. You know what I mean? I had never heard it come from this person's mouth. And it just takes things from this wow, that's a wonderful song. Hey, that's a great mission. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's love the orphans. Let's help the police too. I'm helping this person. I'm an individual and I have the opportunity to connect with this individual. Maybe they're in another country, the other side of the ocean, the other side of the world. But those type of, the, of connections are really what we are aiming for in all of our projects, every effort that's put together. So all of our projects, all of our efforts really are designed uh, based around those connections. So one of the things that we'll be doing in April is we'll have the opportunity to go, like you said, visit these schools uh, where we have children that we are sponsoring. I say we, we have uh, partners here in the United States who are helping financially provide for that. If you're listening to this now and you would want to jump on that, we have information about that. Uh, on our website and would certainly welcome that conversation because there are many more kids who also need sponsors that helps them stay in school. Uh, that's a very important part of what we're doing. We'll also have opportunity to visit the home in La Masica and there are a couple of other children's homes in La Ceiba in that area that we have worked with in the past that we'll have opportunity to visit again. Many of the children in Honduras represent some of the most marginalized groups of people, most vulnerable groups of people who need love, they need compassion. In some of these cases, they have a home, uh, like the home in La Masica. There are people who have moved there, given their lives, given their money, given their resources to build a house, build a building, build a kitchen, so there's somebody cooking for them. But to have a team come in and bring Easter gifts or 
like before we've gone and sponsored shoes and just some of those type of things and that means life of a child if a child understands hey there's somebody who loves me every day and jesus also loves me every day and he's displaying that because these people from a whole nother country they don't have to take their time and their money and come and visit are willing to come and show me that they care man that's a huge message to be able to communicate not just to a children's home not just to a group of kids but to individual children one child at a time one group of children at a time man that is such an honor such a joy to be able to participate in that and that's just an example of some of the things that we do on our trips is why we talk about these is because we know there are people here in the united states individuals again who are thinking man god has been so good to me how can i do something how can i give back hey there's ways right in your local community you can give back but you can also join on a missions trip and be able to take the love and the compassion that's been shown to you and share that with somebody else who probably you would never have opportunity to meet otherwise yeah that's a great point travis the connection the personal connection uh that we've been able to make with so many different people and uh you know where our lives have intersected maybe it was just one time um, but especially the majority of the people that we've met who it's been a lifetime now you know you think about jorge uh our national director there who we met on our very first trip uh almost 14 years ago i guess now um and just have stayed connected uh you know because our our mission and our values and our purpose uh intertwined it was just a a physical intersection at first and now it's become a heart connection and a heart intersection and so to me I think that's what's so great about attending a trip like this is seeing how many opportunities are just they present themselves just because we said yes just because we decided to go and we decided to say yes to a trip like this we get to be uh, the the uh, you know the conduit of God's actual connection with his creation and so to me that's a very exciting uh, element of a mission trip is to be able to realize and understand and know that our creator is is desiring to this day from the beginning of time until now to connect with every single creation and we get to be a part of that on these mission trips I think is a pretty intense and pretty amazing uh, responsibility and opportunity and so we invite uh, you if you're listening to this to come with us to go and be a part of what we're doing uh, around the world and especially here in La Ceiba on this trip in April uh, there are opportunities for you to be a part of every single thing that we've just listed every uh, outreach and every uh, community effort that we've got going on this year you can do it you're already qualified and equipped to do what we have just described and so we want to invite you uh, and Travis will tell you a little bit more about how you would get involved in doing so uh, but we invite you to be a part of this mission trip this April. Travis, why don't you tell us a little bit how they can do that? Absolutely. It is super easy. You would want to go on to our website, goservechange.com. And there are numerous pages there talking about the different projects and information about Connect Global in general. But specifically to get the trip information, right on the home page, right at the top, there's the word trips. You can click on that. Or if you just want to type the you or if you just want to type the URL in directly, it's goservechange.com forward slash trips. On that trips page, you're going to see a series of trips. You'll see this April trip that we've been talking about. We have a return trip to La Ceiba in June, another trip in July. 
Um, we even talk about a trip that's coming up uh, for us to Cuba in May. So it's going to give you the information. Some of those, the registrations have already closed. The ones to Honduras, the registrations are still open for April, for June, for July. So we would love to invite you to come on board. You'll see information about the focus of each of those trips, kind of some of the work that we'll be doing and even what we've shared here on this podcast. Then you'll see the button many times over. It'll say apply today. Click that button. You're going to fill out some basic information. Uh, We just want to understand who's traveling with us and how we can best serve you and how we can best help connect you to the projects and to the work and to the community uh, that we're going to be serving there in Honduras. We'll send out a ton of information to you between between when you apply and when we actually leave so that you know uh, the dates, the times, where we're going to stay, um, emergency contact information, how to prepare yourself for culture shock, how to prepare yourself for uh, cultural travel and, and uh, doing life and, and sharing the gospel, things like that within this hundred context. We'll give you all that information. We'll help prepare you for the trip. We'll even share with you information on raising support so that you have other people in your life who can financially help you to make this trip a reality. We're trying to make it as easy as possible for you to be able to join us on the trip because, like Javier just said, it's about the personal connection. There are so many people in our lives today that we would call close and dear personal friends who we met on a missions trip. They were team members with us. They were people that we met in Honduras, whatever the context is. Once you get past the the geographical border lines, then you realize you're just dealing with other people, other individuals. There's numerous different projects, but at the end of the day, we are sharing love with people, and we want you to be a part of that. So jump on our website. Again, it's goservechange.com forward slash trips. This specific trip in April is April 25th through May the 2nd. You can get all the details right there on the website. We would absolutely love for you to join us in Honduras. Yes, please. We are definitely uh, excited to pass this invitation to you. Uh, And we would ask that you would definitely go out and fill out that application. Make sure that you get your information to us as soon as possible. Send us an email. Let us know of your interest. Um, For this trip, we are just about 85 days away uh, from departure. So that means that we are it is closing in fast. Um, but we want to make sure that we still extended this invitation to you. So if you have interest in going, please uh, get with us and let us know that you are interested and you're willing and able to make this trip. Uh, and we will we will work with you to make that happen. So we really appreciate you doing that. And we want to make sure that you have all the information that you need. Uh, any questions that you may still have that have come up or that you are, are thinking about right now, we will definitely address those and, and allow you to make the absolute best decision uh, that you can uh, for this mission trip. I will ask that if you are interested in this mission trip, please go to the website today, fill out that application. We only have until February 25th. That is going to be when we start closing out uh, this trip and all the applicants for the trip. So to make sure that we uh, have adequate enough time to make accommodations and get uh, plane and air travel uh, worked out and sorted out. So we want to make sure that everybody, if you're interested in this trip, please go to the website and sign up. The last day to do that would be February 25th. So we just want to make sure that you are going to go if you are interested. 
Well, Travis, that brings us to the wrap up of this podcast and leaves us with just one more question. It's our question of the day. So we want to know uh, from you and also from you listening uh, on Anchor or maybe you're listening on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Uh, we want to know this question, the answer to this question. What is it that you're reading right now? What's the book that you've just picked up or that you've started or that you're almost finished with? What is it that you're reading so that you can tell us uh, maybe what our next book should be? So Travis, why don't you start off and let us know what is it that you're reading right now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this book was just given to me. Those are some of the best books, you know, when uh, you didn't go out and, and buy it. It was a gift. Uh, it's called Intercessor. It's about the life of a guy named Reese Howells, uh, who was from Europe. And it's just been an amazing story. This guy is not, um, you know, one of the, the great, well-known revivalists of, of yesteryear. He's just a guy who committed his life to God, especially around uh, the idea of prayer and just a vibrant prayer life. And so, again, the book is called Intercessor. It was written by Norman Grubb. It's about the life of Reese Howells. It has been challenging, encouraging. It's been really a fantastic book so far. How about yourself, Javier? What are you reading these days? That's awesome. Uh, Well, I have started. uh, I'm only about not even a third of the way through but uh it's a huge kind of a big uh undertaking but the book is titled tribe of mentors uh by tim ferris i don't know uh, many people on in the podcast world hopefully are probably uh familiar with tim ferris and the work that he's done in the podcast that he's amassed the audience that he's amassed well this premise of the book is basically taking a set of questions uh, that he's worked out on and has uh, sort of refined and, and come up with as sort of a you know a, a key uh, group of questions that could kind of tell quite a bit about a person. Uh, and he's gone to friends and even people he's never met. Um, there are CEOs, there are actresses, there are uh, business professionals, poets, artists. Uh, and so this group or this tribe of mentors uh, basically answers these questions. So these questions, uh, get you know surface they get very deep some of them uh, you know are, are very specific in to uh, you know what makes success what makes uh, a person uh, successful in, in no matter what your area of work or area of expertise is uh, and so the book then becomes a uh, sort of a accumulation of knowledge experience anecdote um, it's just pretty interesting how the setup is it's a very simple setup you know you get a quick bio and a quick uh, quote from each of the people answering the questions and then it kind of just goes through question by question um, and so it's a quick read it kind of gives you a quick jilt of uh, interesting you know stories and interesting uh, background on these uh, mentors as he calls them so to me I've really enjoyed picking up just sort of a slice of each one of these people um, and then you know obviously that kind of sparks your interest to find out maybe more about these people, um, you know, some of them are very famous, well-known, uh, you know, authors and, and storytellers, um, and then some are not really well-known and not very, um, you know, out in the uh, the public. So it, it's a pretty interesting sort of uh, split or dichotomy of, you know, interesting people and interesting uh, advice, interesting insight. Um, so I've really enjoyed it, and of course Tim Ferriss, his podcast and. A lot of the other books that he's written are very interesting and very well put. 
uh, very well worked out so I really enjoy any of the work that he does um, because as simple as sometimes it is uh, there's a lot of profoundness that can come out of uh, you know the simplicity of what our life is made up of so I really enjoy hearing and understanding more about uh, his investigations I guess into society and into life that's awesome sounds like a fascinating read yeah I've enjoyed it it's a pretty neat pretty neat idea and a pretty neat um, book you know it gives you a little bit of advice if you want to call it advice but it's definitely a, uh, an interesting read well we want to thank you for listening we hope to see you here again for another episode of Founders Corner here on the Connection Podcast have a great week.